Welcome to the Church Doctors Podcast with Scott and Marla Sheely. The Church Doctors Podcast is brought to you by Outpouring International. Love God, love people. Uh, what a great day to love God and love people, right, Marla? That's right. I'm here today. <laughs> I am Scott, and I'm here with my wife, Marla, and we are the Church Doctors, and we're here today to uh, open up the Word of God and have a discussion with two of our best friends, Tim and Donna Lunk, who are pastors of Emmanuel Church in Venita, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being with us, Tim. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here again around the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And Donna. Glad to be here. Yeah. Glad you're here with us. I know. it. not this fun? Yes. Yeah. We get to just have a conversation and about what God's doing in the earth. And everybody that everybody that wants to can join in. We're sitting around the kitchen table in Tim and Donna's house, so it's like everybody that's with us is sitting with us in the room. Yes, uh, with this conversation. And uh, the first thing that I think of is, oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So, yeah, I I love to sit around and talk to people about the things of God. Versus just nothing, you know, of no value. It just seems so more, <laughs> such, it just seems, I don't know, it's more empowering. It's more, it's just, it builds you up ah, a whole yeah. lot more. more. Two or three are gathered together in his name. Yeah. We get to enjoy the presence that we have right here. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. rich. He's here the now. The of God are just awesome. So thank you for sitting down and being with us for the next 30 minutes or so. We're going we're gonna to invite you into that conversation, and we feel, feel like you're here with us right now, so you're a part of this. So uh, before we started the show, Tim was reading a scripture out of Acts, and uh, we're just going to start there. Just go ahead and read the scripture, Tim, and we're going to dive right in and, and uh, see where Holy Spirit takes us with that. Yeah, so this scripture is in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, and and I was reading out of several different translations, but this particular translation is a passion translation. I might read it also out of the Amplified, but it says, every time the disciples, it's talking about, every time they were gathered together after the resurrection, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And then, the, and then going to the Amplified, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? And of course, his answer was, quit worrying about what's going on in the natural, what it looks like. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting this to happen, you're wanting this to happen. Uh, and, uh, but, the, but the point is, is it's bigger than that. He said, yeah. he said, you go and you tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on yeah. high. Okay, and when that happens, everything else is going to fall into place because you're, you're going to turn the world upside down <laughs> because you're going to demonstrate the, the, the light of God, the glory of God in the middle of gross darkness. Yeah, so that's what we're starting with. So that was a, a big chunk to start with. But uh, so the context of where they're coming from, of course— is that in their in their nation they were occupied by the Roman army and the Roman army took over their government took over their economic system took over their freedom took over the way they can worship everything and and they were subject to Rome 
And then Rome said, now that we're in control, we're not only going to take over everything that you have, but now we're going to change everything about your culture and we're going to make it Roman. I mean, so like they were threatened on every part of their life. This is what this is why they were so consumed with, uh, uh, okay, the promise in the Old Testament. Of course, this is you have to remember the the apostles are like talking to Jesus. They know he's come. God sent him, and they're trying to figure out is he the is he the Messiah still? They, you know, right up until the end, some of them didn't know, but but they kind of thought, well, this could be him, and but the promise in the they didn't have the whole Bible like we have as, have as my point. What, the Bible that they were quoting was the Old Testament. They're not, they don't have the New Testament, and they're not reading this going, oh, yeah, Jesus is going to do this. He's going to go to the cross. There's going to be freedom and salvation for everybody, and this is how God's freeing the world is through this Messiah. They, they had no clue. All they knew was in the Old Testament that it said that there was a deliverer coming, and he was going to deliver the nation Israel from their troubles. And that's a paraphrase, but it's pretty close to what it says like in the prophets in the Old Testament. Yeah, so, my, my Jewish Bible here says, it says, Lord, are you at this time going to restore self-rule to Israel? So that's... Exactly. So they, they couldn't rule themselves. Rome did. If they, if they rebelled, then they would just get killed by, by the sword. So they, they interpreted the scripture that said that God was going to bring freedom to Israel by to mean that they were going to have a, their own government, they were going to get to make their own decisions and have their own free nation. So Jesus shows up on the scene. Hey, everybody, I'm here. I've got, my father has sent me here to bring deliverance to you. And they're like, oh, so then Tim reads the scripture. And it says they constantly, not just once, but their mind was like stuck in that spot. Yeah. Where are you gonna are you gonna do that? Are you gonna are you gonna deliver our nation and make everything so that we rule? We get to decide how everything happens. Yeah. Uh, we get our own. We get to decide what our economy's like. We uh, we don't have to pay taxes to a a country that's not even ours. All of our money's getting shipped out of our nation to somewhere else. Does this kind of sound familiar to anybody? Hey, come on, uh, it, it it's our world. In a nutshell, right now, we have, we have people uh, concentrating all their time and effort in prayer, in, in their activities, in their gathering together in order to bring a, a deliverance to our nation from the, the hand of evil so that we can have our own government back with men who make decisions according to what we want and have our economy back so that we're safe and taken care of. Where because right now the economy is out of control. It just seems like a few people are making decisions about how it works, and so we pay ridiculous prices for things. And and so all of these things are just such a parallel to me, like an obvious parallel to me. Yeah. So I want to know, Tim and Donna, since you pastor a local church, do you see that happening happening creeping into the church where you have a uh, people that are more concerned about the government and about uh, uh, things, politics and such, more than the things of God? 
I feel like there's probably a very small number. And I think probably because when all of this took place, you know, back with COVID, um, we decided that that wasn't going to rule how we had church. You know, we were going to, our doors were going to be open. We wanted Jesus to be on the scene because he's the answer. You know, they're asking, asking, when Jesus, when Jesus? Well, it's now. It's right now. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there was maybe a small number, but for the most part, they... I think I think there's a place because I think I, I don't think I think you know when that says when the righteous rule the land re- rejoices and I think there's nothing wrong with uh, maybe being involved right um, because if we don't get involved then we can't complain if if, if no one runs <laughs> if no one if no uh, righteous person runs for any position then no righteous person will rule so we have to get involved but at the same time there's a difference between getting involved and letting it consume you and be your focus. Uh, or thinking, or thinking, I can't, I can't be happy until this happens. So now, okay, hold on, everybody. We're now enter into the scene balance. So what we're talking about here is that that we can get we can get out of balance really fast. So we can be we can be so focused on having church and seeking God that we bury our heads in the sand and don't get involved in our society. Then we have, like Tim said, what the Bible says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. So you have to have a righteous person that's involved in government for that to happen, right? And on the other hand, where do righteous people come from? (laughs) (laughs) They come from people seeking God and good preachers preaching the word of God and people dedicating their lives and their families to the word of God. And so I hear balance. Yeah. So so what does that look like? What is balance? So, I mean, okay, well, let's look at the effect of no balance. So let's say we have believers that believe that God is the answer for everything, but then they, they're they consumed by the news. Yeah. There's no peace, they're, no joy. Yeah, so they lose their peace because the what they've changed their diet from the, the, the washing of the word and the good food of the word that feeds us and they change their diet to eating uh, foreboding news that says, oh, this could happen and that could happen because this is out of control and that's out of control. And if we don't stop it, this could happen. And it's this prediction of, of almost uh, announcing that we're stuck in this pattern and it's going to be bad. I mean, and not without bringing up any specific thing. And yeah, uh, all of us can see the, that it's not good, but when that's our total, uh, that's what we're eating every day, even though we love Jesus with all of our heart, um, we've excluded him f- from, <laughs> how do I say it? Like, we've made him a Sunday God, and then the rest of the week we're consumed with eating something else. Yeah, because he said, when you'll be, when you go to, when you'll be endued with power from on high, so if if you're if the Holy Spirit fills my life, then then in the middle of all of that, and and the, and the darker it gets, the more the light shines. And no matter what it looks like out there, you know, if 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 the glory of God is manifesting more and more and more in these latter days, then it's gonna people are gonna be turning to the light. They're looking for the light. They're looking for answers. And uh, what a better opportunity for God to show His glory 
than in the middle of gross darkness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's I think His grace is uh, shines the brightest in the middle of the darkness. And we always want the light. We want everything to be rosy, and and and, and there's nothing wrong with that because we want our children to have a, a prosperous nation and uh, be blessed. And and but yet at the same time, you know, it's it's this conflict that in the middle of this darkness people are are re- recognizing Jesus is the answer and and the kingdom of God is real and I can enter the kingdom right here and right now where I'm in a, I'm in a, in another I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the light of God in the middle of the darkness I can be the light and they can live in in the realm of joy and peace and rest and 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 blessing and power and and do a Mighty things for God, and see God's bringing a mighty harvest when everything looks so so black on the outside, but yet God's pouring out so much light that it's it, it it overwhelms the darkness and it's it's bigger. I just I was telling the people at our church that this last year was the most amazing year I've ever seen. In the middle of all this chaos, I've never seen such glory. I've never seen God do what yeah. He's doing right here and right now. Yeah. Our life is just exploding with life all around us, and increase and blessing and yeah. and joy. Yeah, same for us. Yeah, but I think before that, we really saw that we were just the sleeping church. You know, we were content at just going to church on Sunday. You know, having our Wednesday night service or whatever, not really getting involved in the community, um, and. I think that was a wake-up call for us that that, no, that's not what the church is called to. Mm -hmm. You know, God says, possess the land. He showed me that we have to possess the land. It's putting one foot in front of the other. That's being active, you know, not just uh, coming to church, but be the church in your community and let the glory of God fall. And that's pressing in. That's doing the hard things that I think the church has gotten lazy saying, oh, well, Jesus has already taken care of everything. No, he's given it to us yeah. to take care of. Yeah. You, you know, Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. So if we get, to be, if we get filled up, it's going to spill out everywhere we go. Our, our joy, peace, um, Whatever's happening in the world, it doesn't matter. If we're walking around with this uncontainable, overflowing joy and peace, it's going to make a difference. Um, Perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. We need to be people of hope in our communities and in our nation and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit continually until I radiate so that'll make a difference. I know. It, it, it's like, uh, let, let's talk, put it down into our terms, like in real life today then. So how do we apply this to real life today? Well, compare. so let's do some scenarios. Like what if we spent all of our time making sure that good people got into office and we got a good president, a good governor, a good cabinet, whatever, all the legislatures are saved, everybody's saved. But we still have a whole nation full of wickedness and people that don't know Jesus. Is our nation better? No. no. I, I think we have good rulers, and the righteous are going to rejoice, and the, the guys in 
in in the place of rulership are going to be doing a good job. But when Jesus answered his disciples, he said, okay, um, he didn't even address their question. Like he, he said, they said, when are you going to uh, kick Rome out of our country, basically, and give our country back to us so we can self-rule? And he goes, go sit and wait for Holy Spirit so that when he comes, he's going to fill you with power so you can be my witness in the earth. And, the, and, and the, 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 when Tim read it, it says they constantly asked him this. So I think he probably gave him the same answer over and over and over and over. It's like, uh, go and sit in his presence until he fills you with his power. And then when he does, you'll be my witnesses to the whole earth. And so in, a, in one scenario, we get what we want. But is that, do you want to get what you want or do you want to get what God wants? See, see, there's some human wisdom. There's, I mean, I don't, I'm not disagreeing that, that, that government's bad and that we don't need government to be in the hands of wicked people. But look, look over history. How many times has, has government been in the hands of wicked people and God used that and had his way anyway and his will was accomplished and, and mighty miracles were displayed? I mean, if there wasn't a pharaoh, there wouldn't be a splitting of the Red Sea. Come on. I mean... If 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 uh, if there wasn't imprisonment and beatings, Paul and Silas wouldn't have had the jail shake and the chains fall off, and every prisoner in the jail got set free, and the jailer's family got saved and born again. Then Paul walks down the street and knocks on the door of the house of the saints that were praying for him and they open up the door and there's paul standing there and they they got an instant answer to their prayer i'm come on if there wasn't if there wasn't any persecution and any problems then then the glory of god would have been a muted thing in this whole story like we got what we wanted we got our nation back we're in charge Mm here end of story but i mean so so how i mean so the end the end of the story for me is is if, if I set my face on God and I sit in his presence until the Holy Spirit fills me and I overflow with power and I get his will accomplished in the earth, isn't that what he asked me to do in the, in the word of God? We can, we can make the word of God fit scenarios that sound really good, but it does, is that what God wants? And, uh, and uh, I don't want to yeah. take the whole show, but just real quick, uh, Right early on the list of the podcast there, there's some shows back up above there. You'll see with uh, Alexander Rudinitz. He's a, an apostle from the Ukraine. When Russia attacked Ukraine, they started praying the same thing we're talking about. Lord, give us our nation back. Lord, give us our freedom. Protect our people so that, that they don't get harmed from the people that are trying to take over our nation. I know it's war and that Russia's actually shooting people and dropping bombs, but it's the same idea as the wicked are in charge and they're trying to take over what's ours and we don't like it. So the church was praying these frantic prayers to God and, and uh, you know, obviously that's what I would have done too, but then God gets there, gets his attention and says, has anybody asked me what I want? Oh man, I was just like, and this is a guy who has a bomb not too long ago you know, hit um, only a mile from his house and knocked out the power where he lived. And he goes, has anybody asked me what I want? And he got all the churches together in the Ukraine, and they had a prayer meeting with hundreds of thousands of people all together, and they asked God, what do you want? And then they started doing what he wants. And that is his loving people 
being being filled with the love of God and going and ministering the word of God to the hurting and the broken. Well, is that different from a time of peace and freedom? Like, that's what the church is supposed to do anyway. Yeah, but we tend to see, we, we have a tendency when, when it's, everything's cozy to relax and go to sleep. And for some reason, when we go through these shakings, and they're going to continue to be shakings, but it's, it, it changes us. Yeah. And we, I've heard it said, you know, many, many different people that, you know, persecution, you know, uh, always causes the church to thrive. And I've always like, oh, I've always kind of winced at that. Like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. But it's, there is some truth to that, that oh, in yeah. the middle of this darkness, you know, we, we were sleeping to a certain extent. We weren't praying and we weren't seeking God and, and we weren't being the light that God called us to be. Until we seen, uh, until we were woke up by some of the things that were happening around us, and we we recognized we 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 have to press in, we have to be the light, and and he showed up, and and it doesn't even matter because his glory is his light and his glory is so much greater than the darkness. The other day, you gave a statistic about prayer and how big your church is. Do you remember what that conversation was about? Oh, Tim? yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know. People always look at numbers, and, and the Lord just kind of gave me that revelation. And after I've heard someone else say it after I've, even after I had that revelation, but I think it's true. And that is, you know, the size of your church, uh, you know, what is the size of your church? And really the, 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 the true size of mature maturity of your church isn't how many people come to the service on Sunday morning, but how many people show up for the prayer on Saturday night or Monday night or Tuesday night, whenever you have prayer, you know, that, that would be a, a better indication of where you're at spiritually in your church growth. Wow. That, that's an ouch for a yeah. lot of churches. <laughs> yeah. And in that sense, we have seen our church grow. Yeah. In, in, uh, 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 not, not we're, we're not satisfied, but we've seen the number of people that are giving themselves to prayer Increased dramatically. Yeah, yeah. But in that, we've also seen the glory increase. Mm-hmm. You know, you God's go. asking, you know, are you going to come and get in this secret place with me? Mm-hmm. You know, hiding in the cleft of the rock. God spoke that to me in in the middle of the night. You know, He's calling me into the cleft mm-hmm. to hide, but then to go out and love people because mm-hmm. God's about people. Mm-hmm. He wants to transform people's lives so radically that they'll never be the same. And so he's saying, come back to that secret place with me, to, to your first love. We've just kind of pushed it aside and done our own thing. And he's saying, no, I, I want you to come back. Come back to the, the cleft and get in hiding with me. And yeah. then go out and love on people and change people. Yeah. And just real quick, if you don't know what that means, hiding in the cleft of the rock, that's a split rock. It's a it's a, a rock that's broken and there's a place for you to get in between the two rocks. And that's a that's a poetic symbolism of how Jesus was broken for us. His broken body and his life was shattered into pieces so that we can have this freedom. So when Donna says, I want you to hide in the cleft of the rock, you're you can't separate the freedom of Christ from the death of Christ. The, the, the apostle said that we carry the death of Jesus in our own bodies every daily. And they, they even equated that with the persecution and the hard things that they had to live, that they, were, they felt honored, that they were, they were held worthy 
in the sight of God to suffer on behalf of, of God in the earth. And you compare that to today. Compare that to today to the Christians that are whining and complaining about the price of eggs and gas. Come on. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's so infantile. And so, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that, that we couldn't have better prices for things and that, that I wouldn't enjoy that. But come on, people. When, when persecution hit Israel, and they're like, this is the Messiah. We got hope. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. He's going to deliver us, and we're going to have our nation back. And Jesus is like, go sit in Holy Spirit, and I'll undo you with power. I, I, I don't think that he was saying, I'm not concerned about your nation. I think he was saying, if you'll sit with me and look in my face and get filled with my fire and love people the way I do, You'll see your nation come back into your hands. You'll have what I promised you. Uh, because what he was dealing with was a stiff-necked people who wanted their rules and their laws and their 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 uh, honor coming from people because of their position. I'm talking about the Pharisees and the, the, the Jewish church at the time. They were stiff-necked people, Jesus said. They wouldn't listen to Jesus. They're, they're the ones that attacked him and said that they didn't want him because he was revealing their their money-making ventures in the church and their marketing and all the things that they did to make themselves look important. And his answer to their question was actually an answer. Yeah. It was the answer for their nation. What happened? At, I mean... 3,000. Yeah. One day. Right after they obeyed him, 3,000 people come to the Lord. The next day, 5,000 people come to the Lord. Persecution gets turned up even more. And they probably said to each other... Jesus, are you sure? I mean, we were looking for our nation to come back into our hands, and you're doing this. And but I don't think so. I think they they knew what at that point they were like. Oh, this is awesome! They were just doing it. Persecution comes. The guys that were running the soup kitchen are so full of Holy Spirit that they get chased out of town by the persecution from the local government. Again, Rome's still in charge while all this is happening. Then things haven't gotten any better as far as in the natural. And yet here this guy that was feeding widows bread and soup gets chased out of town. He goes down to Samaria and he gets the whole city born again. He raises such a ruckus that the apostles had to come from Jerusalem to come down there and, and to help him. And, 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 it, and it caused the church to get set on fire and to go start reaching the rest of the world. Yeah. So when I, when I said that uh, Oleksandr Rudinex from the, the Ukraine got together all the pastors in his nation and said, God, what do you want? This is what I'm talking about. Tim mentioned it a little bit earlier. Maybe there is a bigger picture. Maybe it does include an America that's free and it has a place where there's no racism and then there's no, there's no homosexuality and there's no Satan worship and all the things that we're praying and believing God for. Maybe that includes that. But maybe until then, maybe what we have is exactly what we need in order for the gospel to get spread like wildfire all over the world and for the church to wake up and go, oh, you know, just having a, a three-part sermon and another series every Sunday to and, and turning down the lights and having a little bit of fog so that the sinners feel comfortable in my church. Maybe that's not working. Maybe I should just sit in the presence of God, get filled so full of Holy Spirit that signs and wonders and miracles start popping up through my people, not through the through the the, the platform minister who who gets 
hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from his his book deals. But what I'm talking about is somebody that's actually equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, has a church that's on fire. I mean, I visit Tom and uh, Tom. Your new name is Tom. Uh, uh, Tim and Donna's church. Uh, the last time I was here and we had a healing service and people are getting healed. And one of their elders who hasn't even been dedicated his life for that many years back to God in a, in a significant way, hasn't been that long. He walks up, has a word of knowledge, and heals seven or eight more people himself. That's what I'm talking about. It wasn't about me visiting a church. It wasn't about Pastor Tim and Pastor Donna who have this title and a, and a paycheck for serving at the church, which is fine. But it was about the whole body was in function and, and operating. And people had, like Tim said, already prayed for this meeting, prayed for the people, Believe God that that nobody that comes into the church should leave broken and without the answer from heaven because we're the ones that carry him in the earth. And woo, and I got on a roll. And so, uh, I know. And so, so anyway, <laughs> can't help it. Yes, so, so here good. We are, here we are. This is, uh, this is how you apply it. I mean, we can't just say Christian words all the time. We gotta, yeah. How do we bring it into reality? Like, what is it? How do we walk this out? Yeah. You know, the book of Acts, they, uh, when the persecution was coming, they didn't pray that, oh, Lord, you know, deliver us from persecution. They said, Lord, grant us boldness, you know, uh, that with, with mighty signs and wonders, we can, you'll stretch forth your hand through us. And, and the whole place was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And it says, with great power, they gave witness of the resurrection of Christ. And so if I'm telling you, Hey, there's somebody that was, uh, you know, resurrected, and he uh, he went up in a cloud. You would look at me like, who who are you? And what's wrong? You know, you need to, you need some medication. But <laughs> if I didn't have anything to back that up, so we got to have something to back this up. That hey, with great power, we're going to give witness that there's a resurrected Christ. Amen. And, and that's what God's doing with great power, with mighty signs and wonders. He is showing his, his displaying his glory to the world through the, through the church. And we, that's our focus. It's not, Lord, deliver me from persecution because <laughs> persecution can't hurt us. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. I'm almost, in Christ. Almost sounds like good news, Tim. It's good news. Yeah. It's very good news. It's the best news. Yes. And so you have to go in there uh, unafraid, willing to lay it all down. Because he's worth it. Yeah. He's so worthy. And it's kind of like Tim's shirt. What's your shirt say? He's wearing Tim? a shirt, shirt, shirt today. It says, die well. Yeah, die well. And that's what Pastor Todd says whenever someone gets baptized. Die well. Die well. Yeah. I like that. So we just challenge you. If you're, if you're listening today and, and your per- perspective's been changed, that... Uh, you've been drawn back to your first love, drawn back to the calling of God that's on your life. Just go ahead and do it. We 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 give you permission yes. to be yes. you. We we give you permission to not be status quo Christianity, but to actually be biblical Christianity. And uh, you'll you'll never be sorry. It's the most fulfilling life that you could ever live. And uh, we also pray, Donna. Would you like to pray over the people that maybe? Uh, got stuck in that place of fear about the future and about our government and and that they realize that they need to get back and have a balance in their life pray for them that they can be set free father i just thank you right now that you come by your holy spirit 
And Father, you invade the very place that they're at, Father. We come against all fear. Father, we come against doubt and unbelief. And Lord, we know that you have come to set us free. Lord, I thank you that we can keep our eyes on you, keep them fixed on you, the author and the finisher of our faith, and that you're going to walk us through this. You're, you're in us. You live on the inside of us. And so we don't have to be afraid, but you're going to give us the boldness and the power and the strength to go out and love people, set them free, and show them who Jesus is, to be the love of Jesus, to talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, and do, do what Jesus did. That's who we are. That's who we're called to be, Father. And I thank you that you're empowering us to do the work in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So thank you so much for being with us today, Marla. Mm-hmm. It's good to be here. And Tim. Yes. God bless you guys. And Donna. Yes, this was fun. And uh, we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us on the Church Doctors Podcast. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website at outpouringintl.com.